Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the One and D podcast. I'm your host, Vikash, joined by my co-host, Sagar. And today, we're going to be talking about the MLB. It just returned. Baseball is back. It's good to have it back. But who knows how long it'll be back. Uh, but to start off, um, we have a special guest, my little sister. We affectionately call her Torbs. She wanted to say a few things about her thoughts on the season. And so, here she is. Hello, everybody. My name is Amita. And for a season that we thought were going was going to be in jeopardy because of the coronavirus, it is now returned. And I'm very glad to see it back, even though it may be a short 60-season games. I'm really excited to see how the season goes. So I've made some predictions yesterday with my brother. And here's the predictions that I've made. So for the AL East, I have the Yankees... And the Rays with the new with the new format of the postseason. And then I have for the AL Central, I have the Twins winning the division and the White Sox being the second. And then I had for the West, I have the Astros and the Athletics. And for the National for the NL East, I have the Bra- I have the Nats winning and the Braves in the second spot. For the NL Central, I have the Cardinals winning this division and the Bra- the Brewers, sorry, in the second part. For the NL West, I have the Dodgers winning the division with Padres in the second spot. And with the wild card, oh, with the wild card positions, I for the AL, I have the I have the who, who? oh sorry, <laughs> I have the Indians and the Rangers. And for the NL, for the NL West, I have—I mean, sorry—for the National League, I have the Mets and Reds. Okay. Thank you, Torb, for giving us your lame predictions. They're probably all wrong. I'm gonna say it was I'm pretty bold kidding. to I'm put kidding. the. Uh, it's pretty bold to put the Mets in the wild card. That's interesting. The Mets, the Mets are an up-and-coming team. I can see why they've—they've <laughs> they've got the pitching. They've got young hitters. But yeah, thank you, Torbs, for giving us your predictions. Um, but yeah, I guess we can talk about that. The The fact that there are more teams than ever going to the playoffs. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. And I wonder, like, how is it going to affect the like the gameplay? So, like, I know the wildcard games are going to be typically like a one-game series, right? Like, uh... The teams that make it in, but after that, is it a five-game series this time, or is it going to be something different entirely? I don't know. I don't know how they've decided to do it, how to go forward with it, but um, I guess we should discuss the top two teams of each division make the playoffs, and then there will be two wild cards from each division. I mean, from each league. So the National League will have two wild cards. The American League will have two wild cards. So you're actually going to have 16. Is that right? 16? 16 teams making the postseason? Which yeah. is a majority of the league. <laughs> it's kind of like the NBA. Right. And it'll be interesting to see because it'll be over over 162 games. It is tougher to... Um, it, I mean, it's easier to weed out the bad teams, right? Because you get to see over a long t- period of time how good a team is. In a 60-game season, you don't know when a team is bad. Yeah. In a 60-game season, you can slump in the middle for a week or two, and now you just got a terrible record. So 
to have. I, I think it's a good accommodation to have sixteen teams making the playoffs because then you have you accurately represent at least the decent teams and the good teams in the playoffs. Um, but <laughs> regarding the playoff format, I have no clue. I have no clue how they're gonna do it. Um, it's gonna be an interesting playoffs that the Rays are gonna win. Well, I mean, we hope so. I mean, with I the MLB so. and the NBA, you know, these kind of sports teams, um, there's the the games and the series are multiple games, right? So it's different from the NFL, where even if the worst team has a better day, they could still end up winning and you know having an upset. In the MLB, I feel it's a little more difficult, but a lot of that also has to do with um, how hot a team is playing, right? So based on the momentum teams carry into the playoffs with the 60 games, you know, we may see some, like, crazy upsets this year. Who knows? We could. I mean, last year alone, we had an upset. I don't don't think anyone had the Nationals winning the World Series. No. And that was over a full season. You could have huge surprises this season. And, like, up-and-coming teams like the White Sox or the Twins, they could get hot at the right time and then just take it all. So it'll be definitely an opportunity for any team to take it um but it's also interesting the fact that this season there's going to be some crazy stats you could see someone finishing with maybe a 400 batting average uh like a joey Votto, maybe if he catches fire at the right time uh cody bellinger uh, mike trout you know these guys are gonna have insane numbers over a course of technically what is a season uh and they could also have if because if you prorate home runs uh, over a 162-game season. There are times where people catch fire over a 60-game span. And so we'll see. We'll see what happens. Like, Nelson Cruz already, that old man, 40 years old, two home runs in one game yesterday. We're wow. recording this on <clears throat> the 27th of September. Of July. Oh, uh, sorry, July. I'm so bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, we could have insane home run numbers as well. And they're I – I hate to say it, but the Yankees are looking pretty decent. Like, right? Like Giancarlo Stanton back. No yeah. injuries, not worried about anything, hitting homers left and right. He hit the second second hardest hit ball in StatCast history. Second to only himself, which is crazy. And they've got Aaron uh, Judge as well. They've got a lot of hitters on that team. I still think the Rays will do better. The Rays have them in pitching. Um, but the Yankees definitely have the edge in their batters. Yeah, I'm interested to see how this plays out in terms of both batting and pitching. Uh, One interesting thing I noticed through these games is that, I mean, we're all, I was pretty happy to see uh, Shohei Otani pitch, especially after his Tommy John. And it didn't look like he was, he was doing too well. Like his fastball seemed kind of slow. So I'm wondering whether like, you know, in a typical 162 game season, he may have more time to rehab from those kind of things and, like, get back on track. But given 60 games, that's what, like, 12 starts maybe? So who knows if the Angels and, like, other teams with players who are injured, like pitchers especially, may not have enough, like, uh, practice and in-game play to completely rehab. So I'm curious to see how that element adds, like, a twist to which teams do well and which teams don't. Right, because even the smallest injury to one of your star players can take them out of commission for the entire season. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> there was a sixty game, sixty day DL or IL uh, 
for a reason, right? Mm-hmm. People will be out for 60 games, but now that's the entire season. That's a season-ending injury. And there was a report where Justin Verlander would be out for the season, but it's just a forearm strain. But if it doesn't go as planned, it literally could become season-ending. Like, he could lose the rest of his season due to just a forearm strain, which is usually not a huge blow to a team. But it could be, because he is their best pitcher far and away. Zach Grinke, getting up there in age, didn't look too hot recently against the Mariners of all teams. And so, we'll see, and they don't have Garrett Cole anymore. The Astros, they have great hitters, but they don't have any trash cans anymore, so who knows how they'll do. (laughs) Uh, And if their pitchers are faltering too... They might not even play, make the playoffs this season, even with the extended expanded playoffs. I think everyone would love it if they don't make the playoffs. I think it would be well-deserved. Um, yeah, it would be just desserts. Yeah. And so, yeah, so the whole injury thing, it's um, even the nature of injuries, right? Like sometimes the best thing for an injury, even if it's like a forearm or just like some kind of muscular injury, is just not to be using it, right? And it... It's sometimes understated, but the time you need off for those kind of injuries to fully heal is, like, very long. So, I remember once we were playing basketball, and um, I heard a pop in my calf. And it was it was really weird. It felt kind of... It, it hurt a lot. So, I went to the doctor, and my doctor said immediately, like, do not do any physical exercise for, like, a month and a half. I was like, whoa. Okay, like, that's a long time off. And it, you know, it takes a while for these injuries to heal. So I I really wonder, you know, like which teams will benefit. And I know like in the past, the Rays have been like victims of really bad injury history. Like our pitchers Last get injured. Last season alone. <laughs> exactly. Last season, there was a huge span of the season where we had one starter and multiple openers. And it's just, it, that sort of luck is crazy in that, you know, it was over a, multiple games, at least 30, at least 40 and that is a majority of this season. That is a majority of what this season would be. And yeah. so <clears throat> devastating injuries like that, if you if your team just catches the injury bug, then it's just going to be a problem. Uh, speaking of the injury bug, there's another bug going around, and I think it's kind of the elephant in the room today, and that would be the Marlins outbreak, right? So Correct. It's, it's been reported that I think 12 players and two coaches got um, have been tested positive for coronavirus. Um, so I think the MLB active roster is like 26 players. So that's almost half your entire roster that has the virus. Um, I wonder how that's going to impact the rest of the league. It's very much like up in the air now, especially, you know, a game that really matters. I mean, it's the Phillies against the Yankees. The Yankees didn't even, I think, step into the stadium, given that the Phillies had just played a three game series against the Marlins. So I really want to see how these like postponed games and things will ultimately play out and when they would have the time to do that in such a short se- like she- season in the first place. So, you know, I had my doubts before coming into the season. I still have my doubts about the NFL too. I don't know if they're going to be able to finish the season just because of like how contagious coronavirus is and um, just how easily it spreads. Like, it's insane. Like, you have have the Marlins um, roster being infected almost. It's crazy to me. And I feel like the only possible way to get something done would be similar to the NBA. And their situation is completely different as well, right? Because I think they only have to play like 10 more, 5 or 10 more games. Whereas both the MLB and the NFL literally have their entire season ahead of them. 
albeit in the MLB's case, it's shorter, like shorter, but it's still going to be a challenge. So I, I'm like, I have no idea what's going to happen from here. It's yeah, all like I find it interesting that the, the fact that they can have spring training games in two states, uh, but they can't do it for the course of a season. That doesn't make sense. I mean, I'll buy it. The two states that spring training happens are the epicenters of the state of the country now. Like Arizona's terrible, Florida's terrible, and another thing, everyone's saying, "Oh, Florida Marlins." Of course, the I mean, the Miami Marlins. Of course, Miami <laughs> would be the team that got it. Well, people aren't realizing they got it in Atlanta or Philadelphia because right before the Philadelphia game games, they had uh, exhibition games in Atlanta. Yeah, that's a great point. And so the other thing is, they so um. The the fact that they have to travel is just stupid, right? They they have to take planes, they have to go to airports, they have to go to restrooms, they have to take buses. They're all in close quarter situations. Everything that you're not supposed to do during a corona during coronavirus is ha- is what every single team has to do when they travel. Yeah, and I just think it's it, it's a dumb thing that they're doing right now. And Rob Manfred has not mandated masks you see i'm watching the rays game right now and multiple people are not wearing masks and it's interesting right like yes the mask won't completely get rid of the issue but it mitigates it it helps mitigate the issue and if they're wearing it when they're traveling when they're in restrooms when in the airports they have less of a chance of getting coronavirus another thing that's stupid there's no sort of like layoff period for players if they let's say they got tested on saturday yeah they can play that game on saturday and if the results aren't in on sunday they can play that game on sunday oh wow okay they don't have to wait test results there so there there were likely players of those 13 staff and players who got coronavirus on the field during the phillies game so yeah. now you, it makes sense to postpone the Phillies and Yankees game. It makes sense to postpone the, you know, uh, Marlins and Orioles games. But they're, they're not the only teams that have had the issue. The Reds and the Braves also have the issue. The Braves are in Florida right now playing the Tampa Bay Rays. And right before the Braves, right before the Marlins went to Philadelphia, they were at, in Atlanta. So it's like, this, this is such a domino effect. Three teams have notable outbreaks. Each of those three teams have played teams and those series have concluded thus six teams are susceptible to coronavirus and now they've moved to other places it's just it's just waiting to happen right the spread of the the virus yeah and that's just the nature of it right like you with um what a lot of you i forget what it's called this is the term where they like trace out where the virus could potentially be through the interactions people have i forget what the specific term is it's like contact tracing i believe yeah, but yeah, like that's like that. exactly what you're describing, right? Term. We were like one person is exposed to one person who then is exposed to like more people. So just that exponential effect of the amount of people who could potentially be you interact with and get the virus is just insane. Especially when you consider that the only people are not just the teams, it's also the support staff involved. It's the maintenance crew, it's the people in the hotels. Like you said, people at the airport. So there's so many people who you're interacting with that you could get the virus from or give the virus to that it just, I don't know. Like I've been like a complete doubter on the NFL and MLB having a season. Um, 
you make some good suggestions like masks, right? Now, a mask isn't really meant to protect people. Like we've talked about before, it's meant to prevent, prevent the spread from you to someone else. And so the idea is, if everyone wears a mask, then no one can spread it to everyone, right? To anyone else. And so I'm kind of surprised he has mandated masks. I, I can won't say see... it won't, it'll completely prevent <clears throat> the spread, right? It I think it's a 95% it's, chance. It's 90, yeah, 95%, which is yeah. high. But which is better 100%. than 0%, right? Correct. Way better than 0%. Yeah. Man, Rob Manfred has to make masks mandatory. I don't know what he's more scared of. Stupid anti-maskers that will, quote-unquote, not watch the season anymore. Dude, you think they're actually going to stop watching baseball? They don't have anything better to do. And then, would he rather, is he scared of those anti-maskers or the entire season ending because of coronavirus? I think it's an easy decision. Just make masks mandatory. It'll curb the spread a little bit, at least. But the problem still exists that the teams are traveling, they're on planes, buses, airports, hotels, restrooms. Like, a mask mandate would help, but not fix the ultimate problem because you're not mandating them wear, wearing it outside of, you know, the sport as well. I mean, you could, right? Like, the NBA, if you're caught outside doing anything of the sort, you're suspended or doing something. They gotta, like, you know, corral you or something. Like, Lou Will <laughs> and his whole situation. <laughs> he literally went to Magic City, which I thought was something in Orlando, but it's apparently in Atlanta. So it's like he went to a different state and went to like a strip club or something. So And I don't yeah. understand. How did he get permission to do that? I think he was going for a funeral and then I think uh afterwards he had free time. Get a or little something. handy. <laughs> I don't After know. After the funeral. I don't know about that. I wouldn't go that get his far. His spirits up a little bit. I would not go I, that far. I don't far. know what he was doing. Whatever he was doing. It's just stupid. Um mm-hmm. But yeah, it's and then you have the NFL saying they may allow fans up to, like, what, 25% capacity right now? Yeah, it's insane. I'm telling you, that is not going to happen. Like, that is Definitely stupidity. Not. The fact that this Marlins out, quote-unquote outbreak is going to have ripple effects, not only in the MLB, but in the NFL as well. NBA, I think they've got it down, Pat, with what they've got. The bubble is obviously yeah, more feasible for them to do. Um, but still, like... I'm sure there are enough viable stadiums in other states that don't have a Rona problem that, you know, you could split the league into or something. I guess it wouldn't be fair at that point. Like what, you split the AL or NL or, and you keep the teams in there. It's weird. It's a tough problem. I understand why they're having such a tough time with it. Um, But there are ways to make this situation a little bit better. Yeah, I feel like, the bubble or something like what you're saying is honestly the best thing because like this traveling back and forth going to multiple destinations is not going to work and kudos to the NBA for getting the bubble ready to go at the same time I feel like the MLB may not have had the ability to do all that given the negotiations with the players and you know whatever they bargained for again I have no idea so I don't know how stripped or like handcuffed the MLB is in arranging these things. I'm sure they could if they wanted to, but it's it's not looking good. So if I if I were to like, give, what do you think are the odds that they finish the season? Well, that's a multi-layered issue, right? If a second wave comes, which you know studies say would happen, they usually yeah. happen. Spanish flu, there was a second wave. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
and we're already not curbing the issue. The no. the numbers are still rising, and it's during the warmest time of the year, which is when it said it shouldn't rise as much, and it's gonna get worse, right? It it doesn't get better from here because no. if, if that second wave happens, and so if that happens, I don't know. It's tough to see what the MLB does. I think they'll continue just because they don't care. <laughs> I, I think they just literally don't care about coronavirus. Like, the players who care about coronavirus will not play. And then they'll just play with these AAA teams at that point. Yeah. Uh, so, I, I can't give you odds right now, man. It's just annoying. If I'm being, like, honest, I'm saying 100% chance that both the NFL... And MLB do not finish their seasons. And that's just like a bold prediction. I just feel like it's impossible. Uh, I would love to see if they prove me wrong. Because, you know, I'm a fan of sports. And I really want to see them play out. So we'll see. Um, but yeah. It's, the reason I don't think it's impossible is because these guys know that it's mostly the elderly that die from coronavirus. Mm-hmm. And Bruce Arians, I think he said something earlier today or yesterday about how every single player is going to get it. Every single player is going to get sick. And yeah, he, he, that's not something you should say, I guess, if you want to be PC, but he's being realistic. That's what's going to happen. Everyone's going to get coronavirus in the NFL. And that's just the nature of the contact sport that they're playing. And so he's being a hundred. And I think every player understands that. Every player that's playing understands that they are probably going to get coronavirus. Yeah, I don't. They do. I don't think so. With all that in mind, I don't know. They might just play through getting coronavirus, which is crazy to me. Yeah. And I know, dude, like, it, there's all yeah. there's already um. So I think sorry to cut you off. No, go there's for one it. guy on the Red Sox, Eduardo Rodriguez. He had coronavirus very early on, uh, and then he's gotten some negative results, but he had to. His, his uh, I think he was going to start or he was going to play in a game uh, a few days ago, but they found complications in his heart due to coronavirus. If things like that keep happening, <sighs> and God forbid if a player, you know, gets hospitalized or something because of coronavirus, then that will, then there will be ramifications. But See, that's what, I think that's the lesson that is not being driven home enough, right? People are focused on the fact that, hey, the numbers show that this virus, in terms of percentages, is not fatal, right? Most people are not going to die from it. What they fail to realize is that there's many situations here internationally, in India, for example, where people who had COVID are going back to hospitals with reported cases of either lung damage or heart damage. And now that can be very serious, especially for an athlete. Like lung damage, especially, you know, we have asthma, so we know what it feels like to be on a a little bit of a borked pair of lungs like it's not it's not that fun and if you're if you're competing at the highest level the amount of monetary losses you could incur just because you're not able to stay in the league anymore because of a permanent issue due to covid is life-changing right so i think people are not focusing on the fact that there are life-changing not injuries but uh side side effects or effects from covid that are showing up now and that's very scary and i feel like if they're more educated on those there are going to be a lot of players who like opt out of these games and the fact that 
the number of people who are dying at these younger ages is so low doesn't mean that you're completely immune. The likelihood is low, but the more people that get it, the more people die. That's just fact, right? Like the people will die from coronavirus. And so it's kind of negligent to continue the spread of it knowingly. And I don't know. I think we've talked about coronavirus enough. We know that it's, we have our opinions on coronavirus. <laughs> Yes, they're pretty apparent. Um, yeah, I would but, say so. I would feel like, um, yeah, so is there anything, I think we covered all the bases with coronavirus, no pun intended. Um, <laughs> let's see. Such a I dad. think <laughs> the other thing that was, uh, again, intriguing, kind of related to COVID, is how they're going to reschedule these games. Ah, like, uh, yes, that's a good, the, that's a good point. Given the short Be- season. Right, because... In a long season, you play literally every team. You yeah. play every team in the AL and NL. Uh, but in a shortened season, you don't get to go back to... Like, the Baltimore Orioles won't get to go back to Miami later in the season. They had their few games in Miami, and then they were going to play a couple in Baltimore. And then that's how they've organized the season. Like, for example, the Rays are playing, I think, two games in Tampa Bay against the Braves, and then one in Atlanta. And I think that's it for the rest of the season. Um possibly yeah yeah no that's it that's it for the whole season i believe and so if they were to cancel let's say the middle game when would they reschedule it would they even play it if there was no reason to if it didn't have playoff ramifications or anything like that it's tough they don't i don't i don't know if they have any contingency plans dude did they think about it do they think about games getting canceled or anything i don't know i mean i hope they did because they I mean, they had to postpone the Yankees and Phillies game. Just, you know, it's common sense. But again, it's raising so many questions. And yeah, I mean, I again, I haven't really paid too much, too much attention to the schedule. I honestly don't even know when the 60 games are scheduled to end. So, yeah, I, this is like, uh, this is why they get paid the big bucks for managing this stuff, right? This is where Rob Manfred has to earn his salary. A lot of people get paid a lot of money to not and they don't know what they're doing so yeah. i don't i wouldn't put too much faith in it but we'll see we'll oh yeah see you happens. already know i'm not i'm i'm giving them a zero percent chance so, <laughs> so we'll, we'll yeah. see yeah we'll see we'll see another thing that's been happening with the um in within the games are players kneeling uh and i love to see it personally i think we both are on the same page kneeling is a respectful act you kneel to god right if you're a religious person you kneel to god yeah, uh, one example could be uh, Tim Tebow. Correct. And that's not protesting God. They're not pro they're not anti God. They're not anti flag either by kneeling. They're showing respect to the flag and the men and women who died, you know, defending the country and defending our rights to the flag and everything that we get from America. They're defend but people don't understand how to get to the root cause, root issue of something. And it's just annoying. It's but um. I mean, it's, we had a it's whole Black Lives Matter podcast. Yeah. If you guys want to listen to that, please do. We won't stay on this topic for far too long. But I like I like the kneeling personally. I think the quick TLDR we can give is that it's often mis the kneeling during the anthem is often misrepresented and mislabeled as disrespect to the country, when in reality it's protesting against police brutality. That's all it is, right? Correct. That's a quick TLDR of that. But yeah, no, I like it. I like how the MLB is embracing it. 
Um, I love to see it. I wasn't expecting the MLB to do that. Like in reality, like felt like you know they their main fan base is tends to be older, and the older demographic tends to be a little more on the right. And so I thought that it wouldn't be a good, uh, you know, monetary decision. But I do respect them for, you know, doing what's right and doing. Sure, but you also got to consider the fact that these older people are who are anti, you know, this protest are also anti-mask and will probably be dying out to do coronavirus. Unfortunately, sad to say, but it's natural selection at that point. And please <laughs> wear a mask, dude. Please wear a mask, especially if you're old. Wear a mask, man. But. Maybe they're trying to shift to a younger audience. You never know. They're they're all statisticians in the MLB. Yeah, they are, and I'm sure they've they've done their research. And I again, know, I was just trying to make some sort of weird joke, but it's like <laughs> I, I like selection joke. Charles Darwin. <laughs> it's um, I I like to see the initiatives that the MLB and especially the Rays. The Rays are a woke organization, and I enjoy yep. it. Yep. I did see their Twitter, and I, and, I, and I sent it to you too, right, with their reminder of Breonna Taylor's death and how none of the police officers have been convicted. Ex-police officers, now they've been fired, I believe. Um, so yeah, no, the Rays are definitely woke. They know what they're doing. The MLB, I give them credit for embracing it. Uh, kudos to all the players who knelt. Um, there's players who, who do not kneel, and that's also... just talk about actual baseball now? Yeah, What's sure. What's happening in the season players predictions that sort of stuff yeah sure that's think... uh that's where you have more expertise than me uh before we do that you want to talk about that new extra innings rule and explain what it is oh lord jesus okay it's an interesting rule right so right when extra inning starts both whenever the whenever the inning starts there's a man on second you can pinch run for the guy you can do anything you want with that guy but it's i, I believe it's usually the third out of the ninth inning uh, whoever got that out is on second base. And so you can pinch run that guy if you want to. This makes sense if it's just for this season, for me. Because you want these games to end quick. You want these games to be done because you just want this season to go swimmingly. right? The The less exposure all the players have to one another, the better it is. Um, I will say it makes for some exciting times, but... If you're a half-decent team with good analytics, you're just going to bunt that second-base guy over to third and then try and get a sack fly. Uh, I mean, the next team will maybe do the same, try and do the same, but at the same time, maybe not. You know, who knows what they'll do. If you're if you're confident in your relief pitching, then you can get the dub. Um, it's an interesting rule. If they wanted to continue it in future seasons... I would hesitate. Uh, oh, Mike Zunino just hit a home run live. Just uh, update right now. Tied 1-1 game. That's pretty cool. Two outs. Two out homer. Um, in the future, I would like to see the person starting on first. If anything. Yes. You're putting a double play ball. Eh, actually, I don't think they'd ever do that. Because double plays will just end the inning much faster. I don't know. I don't know what the ideal situation is. I feel like the ideal would just be to play it straight up like like the past. But if you like offense, it's a really interesting thing um, that they're doing. Yeah, I was going to say, like um, like what you said about bunting and then sack flying. Like, I, I'm just be- getting back into baseball now. So, 
even when I was thinking about it, I think that's what I said they should do or that a team should do in that situation. It's going to be interesting to see if they keep it. I mean, we'll see how fans perceive it. I'm sure that'll have some impact on whether they keep it or not. Um, it, I think one of the comments I made was that it reminds me a lot of like the college football overtime where I think the team starts with the ball in the 20 or the 25 and you just score. And it makes for an exciting game, right? It in football. Um, in baseball, it doesn't necessarily translate, like you're saying, right? It may put teams at an advantage or a disadvantage. It may be too quick. You're taking away power from the pitching, which is, you know, half of the game. So, And then there's some people who, you know, with coronavirus, you're going to have a not as deep bench. Yeah. And if you can't afford to have that speedy guy on your bench, it puts every other team at a disadvantage. Like, for example, the Rays don't have Austin Meadows right now. That's a, that's a huge gap. That's their best offensive player, in my opinion. Yoshi Tsutsugo seems pretty good. The guy they got from Japan, I like him. But then the Rays have to compensate by having, you know, general guys on the bench just to make up for his loss. Um, and so, for example, uh, in yesterday's X-Training game, uh, the 26th, the... Blue Jays on the top of the tenth were able to put a speedy guy on second, and um they didn't bunt. They actually the first guy got out. The speedy guy actually stole third. Very very good steal, honestly. Right around the tag, it was originally called out, then replaced. He was safe. Very good steal, I will say. And then a sack fly scored him. And then in the bottom, the Rays had a guy on second. Obviously, everyone will start with with that. Then the um, Jose Martinez walked, and then uh, I think there was one out, and Kiermaier ended the game with a triple uh, down the right field line, and so it was fun to watch, right? Like I was pumped. I basically lost my voice yesterday because I was hype, and it it creates for nice offense. Uh, and you know what? In a shortened season, I can see that. I can see why that's so valuable, and the fact that. Position players can't pitch anymore. That's, a, I think, a big reason why they're doing this. Because when you get deep into uh, extra innings games, you have position player pitching. Um, which is weird. I don't know why position players can't pitch. Um, and then you've also got the rule where... I'm trying to think of all the new rules. I, I don't even know all of them. But that, that, that extra inning rule... It was fun. It was fun to watch. I will admit, I love uh, good offense. is fun to watch, um, but it just doesn't feel right. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's it's like very. It's a break from the traditional, in like a really extreme way, right? It's not something that's like slow and steady, like something you start one season, then you build it up, then you get to this end rule. This is just blatantly just slapped in your face. Here it is, a man on second. Deal with it. So, we'll see how, again, I, I'm curious to see how other people perceive it. Um, I personally like the offense. Um, again, I'm not a diehard baseball fan, so, like, uh, different perspectives from different people. Um, I think it, if they do do it for the season, it's genius, because um, not only do they mitigate coronavirus spread by reducing game time, but they can also, you know, test whether this would be a good idea in the future. They may introduce something uh, similar, maybe slightly different. You mentioned the guy on first base, although that may not work out because of the double play risk. 
We'll see what they do, right? Uh, maybe they'll keep some of the rules in and place, like uh, position players can't pitch. I don't know. We'll we'll see how it goes, but it's interesting for sure, I will say. Right, like you said, the, it's a great time to test these new rules. Like, uh, relief pitchers have to face three batters before coming out of the game. I think if they end the inning, they can come out. Uh, I'm not completely sure, but they have to face minimum three batters. And so you can't have a specialist like the Dodgers. Um, they took, they didn't take, they got Adam Kolarik from the race. And all, every single time he would come to the game, he would only face one batter. He was a specialist and he would come in one batter gone. And that's what he was on the roster for. I mean, you're the Dodgers. You have the liberty to do that. You have a liberty to literally have a spot just so that a guy can get one person out. But now he they can't use him like that anymore. It, it uh, lowers the utility of someone like Adam Kolarik. And so these new rules, they're kind of interesting. They're fun to watch. Um, I like what they're doing. They're, they're testing stuff and they're taking advantage of the test. So I think uh, I, I'll have to look into the other rules that they've got going on. But... It'll be fun to watch these new rules in action. Yeah, for sure. And I'm definitely going to be watching more baseball this season. Um, I guess shout out to T-Mobile because they got that MLB TV deal going on. So I can finally watch the MLB again. I don't have cable in my room, so I never really do watch like sports live on TV. So having MLB TV makes it a lot easier. Hey, 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 let's slow down. You know you watch them live sports on those live streams and the VPNs mm, and everything. I am not going to say I do. You can assume I do. But well, um, your ISP is going to listen to this podcast uh, or something. Hey, They're you, not going to do anything. You never know. I remember I got in trouble once because I was using the Pirate Bay and then Verizon was like, hey, you can't do that. And then my Yeah, because you, you were a little kid who didn't know how to use like <laughs> VPNs and stuff. And then my speed was like literally like 500 kbps. <laughs> and I was like in hell because I had no internet for a weekend. It sucked. That would be sad times right now, <laughs> especially because we get 500 download speed right yeah, now. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, do not do that, kids. Do not, do not go to the Pirate Bay. Especially, well, unless you have or a VPN. Or if you do, just well, not just a VPN, but there, you know, there's there's ways to get around it these yeah, days. Yeah, you you'll find a way. I I believe it. But let's go on. Let's say like player predictions and stuff like like that. Tyler Glass now, uh, he gave up a home run to Dansby Swanson. But other than that, through four innings, seven strikeouts, looks just as dominant. Probably fixed his little tipping issue because he's thrown some curveballs and nobody's hit him hard on him. And so uh, it looks like, from what I'm observing, his uh, new delivery is good uh, in terms of hiding his pitch. I think he is a dark horse Cy Young candidate. Uh, especially considering the fact that if you take a 60-game stretch for Tyler Glass now last season, he was quite literally the best pitcher in baseball. So, you know, I- I'm excited to see that. But there's also the- a chance that Blake Snell wins the Cy Young because he looks great every single season. <laughs> or oh, Charlie Morton. I love the Rays rotation and what they're doing. I don't know if they're going to do the opener that much this season. It's going to be interesting to see that. Um, but I, I don't want to go too much into the Rays, but thus far they've looked decent they lost one game against the blue jays they uh easily won the second and then the third they had to come back they grinded that was a great game bottom of the nine two outs nobody on down by two Rays came back bases loaded uh they walked in a run and then brandon lau uh beat out a throw in uh, like an infield single 
uh, to tie the game. And then extras, the Rays won the game, even though the Blue Jays scored in the top of the inning. And so it was fun to watch. That was a good walk-off win. Um, Tyler Glass now just got his 8K in the fourth inning. So it's it's a, they're going to be a fun team to watch. And I think um, their only competition in the East will be the Yankees. The only dark horse I see are the uh, Blue Jays, honestly. I don't think the Red Sox have it this season. They don't have Mookie Betts anymore. Uh, their pitching is subpar, I may say. I don't know if Chris Sale is even playing this season. I'm not sure. Um, so, the AL East, I'm going to write it off. Rays and Yankees with maybe the Blue Jays as a dark horse. Dude, I was looking at the Orioles roster. and they Let me tell you, they beat the Red Sox uh, in the series. They're 2-1 right now, literally leading the division with the Rays and Yankees. I couldn't tell you half their team. I couldn't yeah. tell you half the team's name. They okay. they traded away their best player in Jonathan VR. I I don't know. And Trey Mancini. I uh, hope he gets well soon. He has cancer. And so their best team, their best players are, I don't know. I have no clue. I didn't even know who their pitcher was in any of the series besides Alex Cobb. And that's oh, only because he was right. on the Rays. <laughs> and so it's, it's definitely, uh, the Orioles are definitely an interesting team. Um, yeah, but what, what are you are you excited for the season? You're going to get back into baseball and it's a yeah, good I'm going to get back in my into it. Yeah, like so I'm going to be watching all the games. I will say I noticed between you and your sister. I don't know if you rubbed off on her, but I think she also predicted. I think you said the White Sox, and she said it as well that they're going to be sneakily good this year. So she had them, I think, winning the division. I think you I did too. I don't know too. if any of her, um, like, if she had it in order because she said Yankees then Rays. I remember, and I know she doesn't think the Yankees will have a better record than the Rays. No, I think she said and that. I think she said the first will be Yankees, and then the second would be the Rays. No, so, I mean, I, okay. We were talking about it yesterday. I, I think she just got her tongue tied. Oh, um, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Because I think she was just uh, trying to remember her predictions because she okay. didn't have her in front of her or anything. I was going right? to call her blasphemous. I was like, how dare she? <laughs> no, how she dare she say the Yankees? Thinks, okay. Oh, my God. God, that <laughs> curveball is nasty by Tyler Glass. Now that is not fair. I, I don't know how he does it. He is insane. Anyway, speaking yes, of do, uh, just quick plug. Speaking of Glass, now you can check out a video where we talk about the trade before uh, Glass now and uh, a couple other plays for Chris Archer and how Austin that maybe Meadows, the, Tyler Glass yeah. now Shane Baez for Chris Archer the swindle of the century. Yeah, so go watch that clip on the One Eighty Podcast YouTube. It's up there. And uh, it's it's a quick watch, so go 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 give it some love. And it's almost cons- it's like guaranteed to be a swindle because Chris Archer is not playing this season; he's injured, unfortunately. Oh man! And I believe next season, it's it, this is either his last season on contract or it's next season. So who knows? Um, but thus far, Tyler Glass now looks dominant. Uh, Austin Meadows, I think he's a dark horse MVP candidate too if he gets back from the Rona soon uh the rays are just looking good in my opinion but obviously i am biased let's let's talk about another up-and-coming team that might be pretty good the white Sox, like you were saying earlier they've got a lot of young talent um they've got a player they've got a lot of young players who hit for power they've got some good pitchers now as well um with their rookies coming up and looking good and then signing some great pitchers as well um I think they just signed. Who did they sign? Dallas Keuchel, or was, I think Dallas Keuchel is on the Rangers. Here, talk about something real quick because I need to look this up. Um, White Sox. I really don't remember anything about them. 
I think AJ Brzezinski played for them. Uh, again, <laughs> I'm literally like the, uh, the, I mean, what's it called? Like a, a normie. I don't know much about baseball. I really need to get back into it. Because back in the day, like in middle school and like my early high school days, man, I had a TV in my room and the Rays games were on 24-7. I could tell you everyone's <laughs> names. I could probably tell you the ERA day to day. I was like highly invested. And then I think we started sucking. We lost some of the players that I really liked. And then once I lost that, like rooting for those players, like when I, once I lost the ability to do that, I kind of just stopped following. Hmm. So it's been a while since I've got into baseball. So let's see how it goes. Yeah, this season will be a fun one to watch, especially with the 60 games. But I was right. It was Dallas Keuchel. I got Dallas Keuchel and Corey Kluber confused, the bearded white man uh, who previously have gotten Cy Youngs. Um, Corey Kluber signed with the uh, Rangers. Okay. So they've got decent pitching. Lucas Giolito came up. He was iffy at first, but he's looking good. So he's um, a nice young talent. And then they've got Dallas Keuchel there as well. Um and they've got some veterans like Gio Gonzalez and Alex Colomay's on the team. So they've got they've got some uh, good relief pitching as well. Steve Ciszek, all these former Rays. And if you're a former Ray, a lot of the time, and you're a pitcher, you're pretty good. Look at the look at the Padres. Their closer and setup man are former Rays, Emilio Pagan and Kirby Yates. And so the Rays just breed these great pitchers. But the allure of the White Sox doesn't come with their pitching; it's with their offense. And that AL Central, for some reason, they've just got power right now. They, they've got the Minnesota Twins, who just broke the record for most home runs in a single season. Every single one through nine, you've got to be scared of their batters. Then you've got um, the White Sox. They've got Jose Abreu, Tim Anderson. Tim Anderson led the league in batting average last season. Edwin Encarnacion, you know that guy's going to hit a home run here and there. Uh, they've got Yoan Moncada, who looked good last season. And then... Eloy Jimenez and Luis Roberts. I think Luis Roberts could be one of the premier talents in the league. Uh, Or Eloy Jimenez. I forget which one it was. But one of those two, they're like extremely good and going to be extremely fun to watch into the future. I believe it's Luis Roberts because he is the name that sticks out to me. So the White Sox, they're looking good. But the Twins, their power is just something else, man. They already have the most runs scored in the league and they've played less games than a lot of teams already. There are some teams oh, wow. who've already played okay. four, so they've played three and they've got 27 runs scored. Looks like the next what? highest 27? is 22 by the Dodgers, 22 by the Dodgers. And they have four games played. Yeah. So 27 in three 20- games. Yeah. Oh my God. That is broken. So they played the white Sox with their trash pitching, but <laughs> okay. They did score twenty seven. Are they that three and zero, or are they like two and one? Two and one. Okay. Two and one. The White Sox won the second game ten three. Okay. Dude, that man Nelson Cruz. He is forty years old. I was so mad when the Rays did not sign him because th- the Twins got him on a really good deal in hindsight, and he's already he's got three home runs. He's batting six hundred right now over three games, ten RBIs. He's forty years old, dude, and he's just mashing it, and he's not even. He might not even be the best hitter on the Twins. <laughs> if that's telling you something. Yeah, man. Bro. From one to, it's, it's, they're a scary team. And they've got really good pitching. Jose Barrios, Jake Odorizzi, 
we know how good Jake Oder is. He is. And he he is took a next favorites. step. He took a step up on the Twins. Uh, they've got Kenta Madea, Rich Hill. So they've got some good pitchers over there. And then their bullpen's pretty decent too. And so, yeah, just uh, we went to a Twins game last season, actually. Uh, I don't know if you remember. Um, because I, rem- I remember seeing Jorge Polanco and you were like, that guy probably sucks or something <laughs> like that. And he was like the best player on their team that day. Yeah. Uh, he's pretty good. I'm not very good at players. I remember we had this one guy. Oh, man, I hated him so much. He was so bad. What was his <laughs> name? Tim Beckham. Oh, my God, dude. That guy is trash. Mm, the first overall pick over Buster Posey. Dude, Imagine what, that. Oh, my God. I got so pissed. He was so bad. <laughs> like, we used to, they used to have people in scoring position, and then this MF would come up there and just not do anything. It was so annoying. Yeah, he was one of the most frustrating players. Yeah, and I think he was batting like 145. It was when we went to the not game. Pleasant. Yeah. And he went to the Orioles and immediately started doing well, but then it, it was just temporary. Of course. Uh, because I don't I don't even know if he's on the Mariners anymore. I don't know if he's on a team, which is it's crazy. He's number one overall pick and it's just a bust. It's kind of crazy. Um but yeah, that AL Central is a is a division to watch because White Sox twins, Indians are also good too. Sorry for my sister. She's a huge Kansas City fan. I don't know why. She loves the Royals. She loves the Chiefs. Obviously, she's very happy that she's got. She's so spoiled. And I will say, I, I'll give her the benefit that the fact that she jumped on these teams before they were even good. They were trash teams when she started to like them, and then somehow, somehow, the Chiefs have won a Super Bowl, and the Royals made two World Series and won one of them. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. In her young life, her teams won all these championships already. If she had a basket, if they had a basketball team, I, maybe if, they would. If I were some team that needed to move, I would move to Kansas City right now because my sister has the most impeccable luck when picking teams, <laughs> and Kansas City seems to be the place to be if you're one, if you're a winner. Why Kansas City out of all places? That seems kind of random. I guess you said like she just liked a certain player or something. She was attracted to many players on the Kansas City Royals at the time. Mm-hmm. I, I should have asked her what her who her favorite player is right now. It's probably Salvador Perez, uh, but she was very attracted to many players, and for that reason, she likes Kansas City Royals. And then that just translated to the Chiefs, and then she just got lucky, man. Well, wow. okay. Well, yeah. Maybe she should have liked the Rays, and we would have won. She likes the Rays. Yeah. She's a Rays fan as well. She knows a lot about the Rays. Probably more than I do. I, I would say so. Definitely right more now. than I do. Yeah. I do not know much. Yeah. She's a big Rays fan as well, but I always make fun of her because I'm saying you can't like two teams from the same league. They're both American League teams. Yeah. That's not fair. Anyway, well, you know, maybe West. when we do another podcast on the MLB like halfway through the season, maybe I'll have much more... MLB knowledge under my belt. Who knows? Yeah, dude. If stuff happens, we'll do more MLB podcasts so that it'll be a progression type thing. See how much further your MLB knowledge goes. Uh, just to update you on the game, Yoshi Tsutsugo just walked. There's a man on first and second with one out. 1-1 one, one ball game. Kind of cool. Anyway, the AL West is an interesting one. Like I said, Verlander's out for at least a couple weeks. And a couple weeks in this season is a lot. And... Their pitching is not what it used to be because they obviously they've lost Charlie Morton to the Rays. They lost Garrett Cole to the Yankees. So you think you would think you know, um, Verlander, Grinky, McCullers, they would be good. But now Verlander's gone. Uh, Grinky didn't look too hot. 
Lance McCullers looked really good, I will say. He's a he's a uh, Plant High, I believe, alum, which is pretty cool, right next to us. Um, but past those guys, they don't really have much, and so it'll be tough. They, they're going to have to rely on their, uh, their bats once again. And, like we said, no more cheating, so we'll see how good they actually are. But they do have good players, I will say. Michael Brantley, Carlos Correa, Alex Bregman, George Springer, Jordan Alvarez, Air Jordan. These players are, how can I forget, Jose Altuve. You know, these are crazy good players. Oh, and that is a three-run home run for Hunter Renfro. The Rays have taken a 4-1 lead in the bottom of the fourth one out. That is amazing to see. You love to see it. I love the Rays. These are, this is amazing. I'm glad I put this on in the background. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, the Astros, who knows? Who knows? They they could be really, they've got the talent is the thing. Like, you want to hate them. You want to see them lose. You want to see them not make the playoffs at all, which would be embarrassing with half the league make more than half the league making the playoffs. But you can't ignore how good they do look on paper offensively. Yeah, man. That being said, the Angels also look good. Like that AL West. I think my sister predicted the Astros and the Athletics to make the playoffs. And then I think I rubbed off on her on the Rangers because the Rangers look good at the end of last season. They've got good pitching and they've got decent uh hitting is this a back-to-back home run wow joey wendell back-to-back <laughs> with hunter renfro dude on the first pitch man sprinting around the bases man waste no time making the lead five to one this is amazing i love the raise anyway the oh wow never mind Corey kluber shut down four weeks with shoulder injury that sucks for the texas rangers oh man um but yeah with the with the angels You've got some great bats there, obviously. Shohei Otani, great bat. Mike Trout, maybe the greatest bat of all time? The greatest player of all time? Arguably. Uh, And we're watching him in the flesh. That's amazing. Um, They've got Justin Upton. Uh, They've got um, Anthony Rendon, who's currently not playing, but he's a perennial MVP candidate. So you've got these, like, uh, great players batting for the angels but their problem is never their bats it's their pitching and they never fix that and their pitching still sucks so you got to have good pitching in the league if you want to succeed and that's why it, it the al west will be an interesting one the athletics i think have a spot for sure they're always they're like i have a soft spot for the athletics because they're always that team that's also scratching their way up like the rays low budget team but finding ways to get to the top whole movie based off of them with Moneyball, and the Rays usually have to play them towards the end of the season. Like, you know, wild card game last year where Yandy hit two home runs off of their young pitcher and embarrassed him. But it was, you know, they're, they're a fun team to root for as well as the Rays uh, within the American League. And then the National League, dude. Uh, the National League will be an interesting one. You've got the Marlins, who are actually 2-1. and one. They beat the Phillies twice. But they've got that coronavirus outbreak. And now this is where the taxi squad comes in. You've got a lot of uh, extra players and the taxi squad is literally meant for this reason so that these players can easily be called up at any point in time. And so you've got 10 players coming up from your taxi squad. If this, if it spreads even more, it's going to be tough to bring more players up. You're legit literally going to have a AAA team at some point. <laughs> but it's going to be interesting. The Braves looking good. Uh, the Nationals, former win, they just won the World Series. They 
Should be 2-1. They blew the lead against the Yankees in the third game of the series. But they don't have Juan Soto right now, which is legitimately their best player. The phenom. Dude, that guy is something to watch. I, I will not lie. And so, and the, like um, my sister was saying, the Mets can't sleep on them. So, I feel like it's every single season where the Mets look like they'll get over that hump. Right? Um, but, I don't want to be one of those... Those guys were like, oh, it's this season. Um, but they've got great pitching. Jacob deGrom, Noah Syndergaard, Steven Matz. I think they got Rick Porcello and um, Marcus Stroman. That's a good rotation. Like, one through five, amazing. And then they've got a decent bullpen. You know, uh, Edwin Diaz is their closer. And I think Hunter Strickland is the setup man. Or Justin Wilson. And then their bats are the thing that may carry them. Again, like, they've got... Pretty good bats that hit home runs. They've got Robbie Cano, Pete Alonzo, Wilson Ramos, um, J.D. Davis. Fan favorite. Everyone loves J.D. Davis. I don't know why. It's kind of a meme, but uh, everyone loves that guy. And now they have the D.H. And their D.H. is Jonas Cespedes, who, dude, he's hit on the first game of the season. It was his third consecutive game with a home run. The previous two were in may of 2018 and then july of 2018 and the third one in july of 2020 it that man has had the worst injury bug next to derrick rose honestly no man but you know he's back and he's gonna he looks good he hit home run and he's they won the game 1-0 so he was the reason he's the reason they have one win right now but I will say in the early goings, they don't look good at all. They look absolutely garbage. So who knows? Um, NL Central, the Cardinals always are good. Um, doesn't matter what happens. They just somehow just always. Um, the Cubs don't have Joe Madden anymore. So F them. I don't care about them. They suck to me. I think I think I want to see the Reds succeed. I like the Reds a lot. They've made great strides in their bats. Joey Votto's still there. Uh, I love Joey Votto always consistently he's the one of he might be so there's albert pools and there's joey Votto, two careers that are pretty different but top tier careers albert pools had the best peak but joey Votto has had the best consistency throughout his career yes so it's fun it's always fun to watch joey Votto. they've got mike mustakis eugenio suarez but dude they've got this guy aristides aquino that guy hits dingers he and uh air jordan jordan alvarez those guys were tearing it up at the end of last season after they called up got called up from triple a if those two can continue it dude they are they are the because they they hit for pretty good average uh and they just mash everything that comes their way so again they've got nicholas castellanos too and uh, so they've got these great bats and I think the Reds have, this is their opportunity. If there's one season that they should take advantage of, it is this one. They are a dark horse team that literally can win the world series. Uh, that's how good they can be. Like that's their peak. And then you've got the Brewers, uh, Christian Yelich, obviously great player, um, carrying that Brewers team. I just don't see them going very far just cause they're pitching. In the West, you got the Dodgers. I think that's it. Padres are decent, but it's always the Dodgers, isn't it? Yeah, they the teams with the money, man. Well, they okay, signed Mookie. The, the the Dodgers, yeah, they signed Mookie. They got 
Oh, God, it is crazy. You got Cody Bellinger. They've got so many good players on that team. And what's crazy, what is crazy is that the signing of Mookie makes sense with all the contracts that are going to be coming off within the next year or two because then they can extend the players that they will want to extend and then they'll have, they have top tier um, minor league players as well. This is what happens when you take a Rays executive who is used to having these low budget teams and succeeding and bringing him over to the Dodgers and him not getting lost in the, the amount money. of money that is available. And you know what? I will he, say that's a great point because, you know, they've had a lot of big name players come to the Dodgers, but they haven't really signed all of them, right? So I think, uh, did this hang? No, where did Manny Machado end up? He went to the Dodgers and then now he's on the San Diego Padres. Yeah. And so, so Manny that Machado was an effort wanted... to win the World Series that season. Yeah. And so the Dodgers always. <laughs> the thing with the teams with money is that they can expend a lot to win now. And. For the Dodgers, it hasn't worked at all. This no. that last decade, it didn't work at all. But it's commendable. They you they're using their resources. It's, yep, you know, respectable. And the thing you like you were saying about the Rays executive, right? So they have the money. He could have signed Machado because you know they have the money to pay him, but they didn't. So they do have the discretion where they have money, but they're using it smartly. And yeah, I would agree. Monkey bets is worth the money. Like that's a great contract. Uh, looks like. Uh... Kevin Kiermeyer hit a single right to second base. It was almost into center field, but a uh, little dribbler scored uh, Willie Adamas from second base. It's a 6-1 ball game currently with Kiermeyer on first, one out in the bottom of the fourth. This is lovely. Wow. This lovely is brought game. to you by MLB.tv. Yes, sir. <laughs> and uh, NordVPN. <laughs> All right. We, no sponsors. No sponsors. No sponsors. Uh, hopefully Not yet. in the future. But yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the Dodgers, like for example, um, they got rid of the David Price contract, I believe. Or did they take the David Price contract? They took the David Price contract to get Mookie Betts. And that contract will be off the books within the next year or two. And that's a huge contract. So that's tens of millions available right there. Yeah. Right? Um, as I think they will move on from Clayton Kershaw. As sad as it sounds, he's getting up there in age. He's deter- He's getting worse mm-hmm. and they've got their picture of the future in walker bueller and so they the thing with them is they keep having the next man up and the next man up is always good like they had really good catchers and now they have a guy will smith he's pretty good um they always had really good first baseman max muncie came up he's really good they've got they've always got the next man up and the next man up is usually a great player and you know they if it's not they can just buy one. Oh gosh, it's not fair to be the Dodgers, but unfortunately they just haven't succeeded in the postseason. They were they were heavy favorites to beat the Nationals last season. Yeah, they were, uh, and they literally just screwed the pooch. So, mm-hmm. but you know you can always be confident in the fact that the Dodgers will make good moves, and there's just nobody in that division that will really. Um, you know, fight them for that yeah. top spot, I feel. True. The Padres, the Padres made some really good moves. I will say they just traded um, for our boy, uh, Tommy Pham. And they they like to get their Rays players, right? They've got Will Myers, Tommy Pham. Their setup man is Emilio Pagan, and their closer is Kirby Yates. So you've got some good representation from the Rays on that Padres team right now. And they've got that young phenom, Fernando Tatis Jr., 
he looks he, he's fun to watch i think he's gonna have a little bit of regression because he got pretty lucky with his babip but you know you can't you can't count this team out i mean the padres look good they've got a really good pitcher and chris paddock he's a young pitcher i think he's their pitcher of the future um but i, I do think with them also is their starting pitching is their downfall but you know uh next to maybe the rockies i don't really see any other team from the west doing much of anything okay yeah no that was a great overall summary yeah of the entire league yeah that was a quick i, mean, I skipped over some teams but i didn't yeah. want to i didn't want to you know drag it on for too too long true true and i think yeah we, we just hit the one hour mark as well so i think that would be a oh, perfect great place to wrap it up yeah, well, thank you everybody for listening to the One Indie Podcast. Please visit our socials at One Indie Podcast everywhere Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. And then please, 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 I worked very hard on our website, karmastyles.com. Karmastyles.com. It, I, I think it's a thing of beauty. I worked on it and it very diligently over the course of two months. And I am very proud. It's, it is my baby. Even if you don't purchase anything, I would appreciate it if you just checked it out. Uh, but yeah. Thank you for listening to our MLB podcast uh, and one and D out.